You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1320. Expanding your association is really important and hanging out people with like Brent Bowers and Brent Daniels and these awesome people inside of Wholesaling, that's what's important, right? Expanding your association. But you also mentioned one thing really important too that Mr. Rohn would say is limiting associations. Those naysayers, you need to limit that. Man, I tell you guys, I had one of the hardest things in my life to do in limiting associations was Sometimes that means your family. Sometimes it means you have to separate yourself from your family because it's a different perspective. It's a different mindset. And when you get there, things are different. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's going on, Rhino Nation? It's me, Brent Bowers, your land man. Today, I'm your host on the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, and I have Brett Riggins on the show. Brett, uh, he is mainly into fix and flips and he does long-term rentals and also even short-term rentals, but I've got him on the podcast today. He's going to be talking about, you know, getting started, you know, taking that imperfect action, just basically not knowing the steps or what's around the corner, but just taking the steps and getting your first deal. Um, he's also going to be talking about limiting your associations and the people that you're hanging around with, the naysayers, that they might not have the same vision that you have. We all have those people in our lives, whether it be family members or friends or coworkers, and just limiting those people and surrounding yourself with the right people. Brett's also going to talk about my favorite, my favorite, how he bought a piece of land and ultimately sold it for way more than he bought it for. So he bought it for $360,000 and eventually sold it for two years later for $900,000. So he's going to walk you through you know, the steps he took, the pain, the fear, and the stress that he had on him doing this, this first land deal. So guys, enjoy today's episode and let's get right into it. Brett Riggins, welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. How the heck are you today? And never been better. Today's the day and I'm excited to be here for sure. I love it, man. Well, let's get right into it. Let's give Rhino Nation the full benefit. I met you the other day. You had me on your podcast. Uh, I was just blown away by what you're up to. Uh, tell Rhino Nation, you know, what you're up to, a little bit about yourself, you know, like, I don't know, keep it under 60 seconds and, you know, how you got in real estate. That's a, that's a tall order for 60 seconds. I know. That is, man. Man, what I'm up to now is digging ditches. And if there are anybody out there who is digging ditches, you know exactly what I mean. So uh, just putting it in, man, grinding. And my journey started way back in school. I went to school for architectural engineering, construction management engineering. Uh, I came out trying to do everything that I could to learn more about construction. I've been hands-on in every single trade from the plumbing under the concrete to the shingles on top of the house. Just want to know everything I could. Along that journey, I came into opportunities in real estate. And I started joining masterminds and expanding my associations, taking action, and uh, just, man, just gives me goosebumps to think about that journey and to where I'm at now, sharing, living the life that I designed and now sharing the knowledge and experience with everybody around me. Yeah, I mean, I love it. And you mentioned one of my favorite words was just taking action. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people are in education gathering mode. There's a reason why librarians are not rich. They're surrounded by, you know, education. But uh, you, you got you to gotta implement that action step. And, and that's the fuel of the fire. That's the second 
component of it. Well, let's talk about what you've got going on. I know that you're into rentals. You told me about a juicy land deal mm -hmm. uh, that you did. So where yeah. do we start? Like, how can people do their first their first deal today? You know, that's a lot of Rhino Nations just like, Brett, tell me the secret. Like, what can I do to get my first deal so I can quit this job or, yeah. you know, fire my boss type thing? Mindset, 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 man. And I work with high earning individuals to help them do that. Because a lot of time, and I know you've heard this a lot, Brent, is I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have, I don't, I don't, I don't. But you do. It's there. It's all around you. So first, it's a mindset. Uh, and if you've been, if you've got this seed of curiosity that's been planted in your mind and you're seeing these opportunities around you, take an action, like you said, is the biggest piece. It's okay. You're going to make mistakes. So don't feel like every move has to be perfect because imperfect action is action. And that moving forward is that idea to get over the fear. Like what's holding you back? Why haven't you? I, I've got more questions for the listeners to get them to this, to this first deal is why haven't you taken action? Right. So I know that may be a little bit different for everybody, but I'm a to the walls kind of guy. You know what I mean? I go out yeah. and I get it done and take action. I see people. The reason why they haven't taken action is or most that I ask. And, and one of the things for myself, why it took me so long to get started, you know, back in 2007 is because that imperfect action. I didn't know what to do. You know, like, what are the steps? Like, who do I need to call or, or what does the letter need to say? There's so much noise. There's so many people telling us to do different things. So that was like, that's what I'm coming across is most people are not sure where to expend that energy or, Hey, Brett, I've got an hour a day. What do I do? But before we, you go into that, like I see your face, it's smiling big. Uh, anybody that's probably listening to this while they're driving, but what is imperfect action? Like people talk about that massive, imperfect, violent action. Like what the heck is imperfect action? What does that mean? Yeah, one of my favorite leaders uh, his, his name is Jim Rohn, a wonderful guy. If, if, if the listeners have not heard of him, go search him, R-O-H-N. Anyway, he says the best thing to go with action is massive action. And it may have been easier for us back in 07. And my first property that I bought was in 07 because we didn't have the speed of, of information that it is now, right? We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have all of these things bombarding us. So it may have been easier for me just to, I found an opportunity. And in my mind, I knew if I could do this at this price, put this into it and sell it for here, that's all the information that I needed. And from there, I started taking action, say, okay, how can I fund this? What can I do? And, you know, I, I definitely made mistakes in that first deal. But ultimately, I, I had a guest on, on the podcast uh, yesterday. The podcast is called Real Estate Mogul MD. And a guest said that her first deal, she was watching TV show called Fix or Flop or Flip, Flip or Flop, flop. Yeah, with Turk. Turk. And her first deal turned into what she called tuition. So it, it may not have ended out the perfect way and she may not have made that 60 grand profit, but what she learned, nobody could ever take that away from her. So finding those deals or those opportunities where you're not swinging for the fences. And if anything, if you come out even close to, to zero, just imagine what you've learned in that process. So your next step of imperfect action, don't make the same mistakes twice. But that imperfect action means that I don't know what the outcome is going to be guaranteed, right? But I know that I'm pointing in the right direction. I'm taking the right steps to keep focused in that direction. And another big thing is keeping the right people around you who have done this, who are already doing what you want to do, right? Oh, we can't pass by that. That is so true because I just had a brand new Landshark student come through and she was so motivated two days ago. 
And she was thanking me for letting her in. She's a 21-year-old college student. Well, I received a voicemail from her this morning, and hopefully she doesn't mind me sharing this, but she was talking about, well, I'm just a college student. I only have so much funds. I talked to my friend. I got her on the phone this morning, and I was like, is that friend a multimillionaire? Is he doing what you want to do in land? Is he successful? And you know what the answer was? No. No. <laughs> He's a naysayer. Yeah. And we all have those people. Some of those people are our mother-in-laws or our in-laws or our family members. You've got to change who you're hanging out with. You know, maybe you don't know successful people, but you just talked about Jim Rohn. Mm -hmm. One of my first mentors, I used to listen to his cassette tapes. I actually had to change them over to CDs because like they, I didn't, I couldn't find a cassette player. I didn't have one in my truck. So I had to convert that thing so I could listen to CDs. But guess what? I didn't know Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn's passed away a long time yeah. ago now. But I hung out with him every day during my two-hour commute. So Jim Rohn is my friend because I'm listening to him and I'm surrounding myself with him, not the naysayers. Yep. So that is so important. So even, I'm so glad you brought that Even up. on that note, expanding your association is really important and hanging out people with like Brent Bowers and Brent Daniels and these awesome people inside of wholesaling. That's what's important, right? Expanding your association. But you also mentioned one thing really important too that Mr. Rohn would say is limiting associations. Those naysayers, you need to limit that. Man, I tell you guys, I had one of the hardest things in my life to do in limiting associations was sometimes that means your family. Sometimes it means you have to separate yourself from your family because it's a different perspective. It's a different mindset. And when you get there, things are different. And I heard Alex Hermosi say one time, I'm sure he was paraphrasing from somebody else. He said, everybody around you is going to tell you that, that you're wrong. Things don't work. Only do one flip at a time, I heard. Stay in your backyard, I heard. They're going to be wrong. They're going to be right every single time telling you that you're wrong until they're not. That one time that they're not, boom, it's a brand new yeah. game. Right, Brent? Yeah, no, so true. I heard a, a, one of my students shared a, a YouTube video with me the other day, one of our land sharks. And it was, I think the title of it is called The Man in the Arena. Hmm. You know, like everyone laughs at him, but he's the one in the arena hmm. and he's the one winning. And, and the ones that are laughing are not in the arena. So, all right, we beat that one up quite a bit. You know, limiting associations, picking people you surround yourself with. The rule of five, you know, you hang out with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Yep. So, but change that around. You hang out with people that are physically fit, that you want to be like, you're going to become more physically fit. You're, you hang out with rich people, you're going to learn what rich people do with money. Mm. So, Brett, like how could someone do their first deal today? You know, what are the steps someone can take? And then I want to talk about that land deal where, yeah, yeah. before we run out of time here. Yeah, money and opportunity. And it's the chicken before the egg, egg before the chicken, that whole talk, right? Do I get the deal in paper or do I get the money first? Why not do them both at the same time? Understanding that where you're at and what you're doing, those opportunities are around you all the time. Turning on this... Uh, this piece of your brain that allows you to see these opportunities. Start. The reticular activator. Yes, there we go. Uh, fan of Jim Rohn's study, understudy, Tony Robbins, right? That's that's the path there. <laughs> yeah, the RA. I mean, I bought that black Chevy and yeah. now I see Everywhere. everyone's got the same yeah. one. Absolutely, absolutely. I call that the red car syndrome. I call that the red car syndrome before I read the book. And I say, oh, it's a real thing. But yes, it is. Turn this on because there, it's always around you. Money. Start talking about money. If somebody asks you, what do you do? Oh, I raise private money from actually from people just like you. Right. That's what I can do to start raising private money. You have the ability to do this. You may not know the ins and outs. The more you know about the ins and outs, 
the better of a pitch you're going to have, but you don't have to be perfect. The first time oh, that yeah. I leveraged hundreds of thousands of dollars, I just knew promissory note, lien, right? Mortgage and insurance. I knew those three things. And I sat down and I pitched, I pitched, I pitched, I got that. So money's all around you. Opportunities, start looking, right? Go to Facebook groups, go into other groups. Uh, there are so many ways that you can find these deals. Just like everybody else, me, like everybody else, we started bootstrapping. I didn't have yeah. any money. I didn't have any time. You see this guitar on the back of my wall, the listeners can't see it, but that's what used to be how I made money, right? So you can imagine I slept on other people's couches. I didn't even have my own couch when I started doing this kind of stuff. My first deal, I had no idea how I was going to fund it, but I got in a paper, I made it happen. And now there's, there's no end. Money should never be the problem, you know? And you know what I love about it is if you don't know how to, how to fund a deal, you've got someone with money and they start asking you all these questions. Say, you know what? First thing you can say is, I don't know, right? but I can ask this person or ask someone or I can call the title insurance company because they're going to be the ones that are doing your lender's title insurance policy. They're going to write up this paperwork. You had mentioned mortgage and de or in lien or deed of trust or promissory note, depending on what state you're in. But the title company takes care of all that paperwork. You're not touching the money. I love, love working with just regular people that have, you know, nine to five jobs, they're a surgeon or they're a dentist or, you know, my executive assistant is lending on deals we're doing. Yep. That's awesome. And yeah, just knowing that, that everything is possible, right? Just knowing you can ask these questions, figure out the right questions to ask. Same way we, we lend, my wife and I, we each have self-directed Roth IRAs. So we lend directly to fix and flippers. I love that right? I love being able to lend. So there's money all around you. The opportunities are around you. And it's, it's not, they say, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's not like it's just going to happen. Uh, you have to work. And when I started this uh, conversation, Brent, I said I was in the ditches. And what I said mm -hmm. about being in the ditches is people get this wrong. We see it on social media a lot where it's rags to riches. It's not. It's rags yeah. to ditches, and then you stay in those ditches and then you stay in those ditches. You keep putting in the work. You show your tenacity. You keep on it. You keep on it. Then the ditches turn to riches. Oh, that's so good. Rags to ditches to riches. Yes, sir. All right. I want to hear it. You've held me waiting long enough. You <laughs> wet my appetite with this land deal you were talking about yep. that you did. Like, how did you find it? Let's start with that. So when we first started flipping. Flip, flipping what? Houses? houses. Yeah, single family. Yep. Uh, single family houses. I had one of the the people I had talked about uh, borrowing money from. Uh, he was an investor, and he said, "Hey, if you do this, I can actually walk you through this process about knowing the building code where we had increased density in in the city, so we could actually." So that means they're allowing you to build more houses yeah. on smaller ground. Yeah. Okay. So we could take these opportunities and then build out. Well, I was like, okay, great. So you tell me something, I'm going to go get it. Here's that imperfect action. I went out yeah. and went out and got it. This deal was on the MLS and it was, I think, 2.7 acres in the city I'm working in. And it was, I think it was listed for around 380 or 400 or something like that. And we ended up putting it in contract at 360. And we- Okay, they wanted 380. But you got it under contract for 360. 360 so you yep. got a little bit of a discount. A little bit. Yep. Actually, you know what? This thing wasn't even on. It was an old listing on the MLS. And my agent that I was working with flipping houses, he would list all of our houses. 
I told him, I, like, just say, you got to talk, start talking things into reality. I told him, hey, we're looking for these vacant pieces. He had brought this to us. He knew of it as an expired listing. That's what it was. It was an expired listing. And let's not forget why you're looking for the vacant land. Right. It's because you knew the city wanted to increase density. 100%. And in this particular piece of land, we could build, I believe, up to, uh, is it 20 or 24 units on this piece of land? And remember, we're in the city, right? We're inside the city limits. So where there's very little land uh, to build on, we could build 20 to 24 units on this piece. So we ended up pulling the trigger and moving forward. And that's where the journey starts. Now, on social media, we could present it like this, Brent. I could show you the before. Hey, 360. And then later, the, the after, this, this land in the same condition, right? We cleaned it up just a little bit. It already had this roundabout on it. We sold it for $900,000. So, whoa, whoa. so you bought it for three hundred sixty, and you sold it for $900,000. Yeah. How did you get the money to buy this land? Oh, that was one stressful day too. Holy cow. So I didn't have any of that money. And Whoa, you didn't have money nothing. and you bought a piece of land for three hundred sixty and sold it for $900,000? Yep. Brett, you can't do that. Yep, I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing but the drive and I had non-limiting beliefs, right? So I had that mindset to say, this is possible. All you got to do is go get it. So I found my investor to leverage the, the money from and this is private <clears throat> this is vacant land remember so I, i'm leveraging private money on vacant land we secured it using a promissory note a mortgage and we had insurance where the lender was listed as additional payee those three things we have our money for this property three hundred sixty thousand. wow what what state was this in michigan michigan yep. okay yep so we have this so that's that's the uh social media version Bought it at 360, sold it at 900. Now, the, the behind the scenes piece is um, where you relate the time, the stress, all of that. So it was a two year deal. Two years. Two year okay. deal. And the stress, the morning of, I did not have money the morning of closing. Yeah, I remember that day, man, sitting out. That's when I was working out of my basement downstairs in my house. And I, my daughter was there. It was just the two of us. She's really young. And I'm just, I'm so stressed out. I get the call that morning that I've got the money. And I just let out this like, like this weirdest sound in the world, you know, because this weight of the world feels like it's lifted off your shoulders. And my young daughter was in the room and I almost like scared her because of that, that sound or that I got the money, you know, and to make this deal happen. But anyway, that was just the start of it. We were going to new build uh, site condos. And we had plans drawn up. We were going to do 20 new build site condos and it was cutting edge. It was um, very modern looking units where it was four units, but there was only one garage door and all the garages were underneath this. Uh, the layout it was very, very cool. And the reason why it was a good buy on a land flip was because it was directly next to the country club. So these units were going to have views of the lake and the country club. Well, right before we close, like the day before we're going to break ground for construction, right? We get contacted by the country club and they want to buy this piece of property. So, wow. Yeah. So they put a lot of money on the table to make sure that they could keep this property and come to find out they actually bought the, there's like 30 acres right next to it. That used to be an old, um, like a, a school kind of thing it was a school. And they basically acquired that too. So they're doing they're doing their own 
development through there. Man, In you that- got me like excited right now because I have 3.7 acres mm-hmm. right next to a golf course. It backs up to the golf course on a four lane highway in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Yep. And we're approved for 34 townhomes and we've got the plans drawn up. We've paid the engineers. I mean, that sounds like a perfect opportunity for yeah, the golf course. Absolutely. And, and in this journey too, when I first acquired that property, I actually approached the current owner. And in the midst of this, Brent, they the the country club was not doing well. They actually sold to one of the bigger investors in the area. So he acquired that, they acquired that country club and this other piece. So early on in in my process, I had reached out to them to see if they wanted to invest right? Because I was looking for money. So I met with their entire board. I pitched the deal. So they knew of this process along the way too. So they knew that I had this property. And by that time, I had all of the permits and everything to build these site condos. I love it, man. So how much money did you have into the permitting and the, the drawings and all that stuff? You yeah. know, how much money did you have? Into Ultimately, way too much. And in the um, in the stress of everything, learning like, it was one of those things that was way too, it was one of those cool things. And I, this is so much, two years of imperfect action. We had probably all into this thing uh, right around 700,000. 700,000 all in yep. over two years. And you sold it for $900,000. Yep. So say that it's about, what, $200,000 profit? Yep. Yep. Man, not a bad payday for two years. And were you licensed real estate agent, flipped 100 houses by then? Did you have tons of knowledge? Nope. Like, nope. Nope. None at all. My wife was licensed. Early on, we juggled that ball so I could do, contact sellers directly. She ended up getting licensed. I'm licensed in a couple states now, but back then she was the one licensed um, and I was not. And then we worked with another agent that we brought on, kind of created a brokerage kind of thing. But no, man, that was it. That was, it was two years and man, it was just, there's so much that goes into that story. And it's interesting. You've got this one in Colorado Springs that way. The day that we closed on the sale of that property was probably the closest I've ever been to tears at a closing, just because the amount of stress that went into that. I mean, that was my life for two years, you know? Yeah. And on top of that, I'm running my full-time flipping and wholesaling company too. So the development itself is almost a business in itself. Right. Yeah. And then I'm running this other company uh, at the whole time. It's just, it was, it was so amazing. I felt so lifted. Like we could have probably pressed a little more, maybe got another hundred or 200,000 out of it, but it was like, that's, yeah, I'm good. That's why I just keep it so simple. I love to be the sourcer of those deals. Yeah. The person that finds those deals, gets them under contract, buys them, and then sells them to that developer that wants to go through that entitlement process and the subdivide process or the build process. Take my land, pay me a payment each month, and you do and imp- do what you want to it, improve it. And when you're ready with your construction loan, you pay me off uh, because that's just a lot of work. Man, and I will I will be your, your best go-to uh, reviewer, testimony. <laughs> I'll give you a testimonial for that. Yeah, that just flipping the land is the way to go in that scenario. And it's just, Man, I just, the stress that was in that piece where I could have not done any of that, right? I could have not done any of that and just flipped the land knowing the pieces, right? Knowing the pieces, I could have just flipped that land and saved, you know, $300,000, you know? And the stress that went into that is just stupid. 
there's a reason why the rear view mirror is super small yeah. and the windshield's way bigger. So we, we always want to be moving forward, looking forward. Brett, you had some resources that you were talking about uh, right before we hit the record button. You know, how can people get in touch with you? I know you had some resources you wanted to share. Absolutely. Now in my world, you know, uh, I think a lot of people go through this progression of start out maybe wholesaling, fixing and flipping or fixing and flipping and wholesaling. And then you get you build up these capital bubbles. Those capital bubbles we implement into real estate. I know that, uh, Brent, you do land. My little niche is single family uh, long term. Uh, we do short terms as well, too. And I've developed a business called Physician Well Systems, where we work directly with physicians. But the byproduct of this, Brent, is the numbers, the know-how, the basics of single-family residential rentals. I absolutely love that niche for long-term uh, investments, and I've put together this platform, and I'm giving it away. Just and there's, it's not a, it's not a funnel or anything like that. If you work really hard at making this a funnel, you probably could. But this is free stuff. So this is realestateresidency.com forward slash thirty day free. So three zero d a y f r e e. So realestateresidency.com thirty day free. Uh, Brent, if you throw that in the notes there, they'll be able to get on this, and it's just a great way to look at where, how, when, and what types of returns that you could expect from single family rentals. Yeah, I love that. I've got the link. Thank you so much. We'll put it in the show notes. And then also you, you have, uh, you know, what, how do people get in touch with you? Um, that, that site's a great, you can do, uh, I can actually meet with you, um, on that site, but I, I just started pushing the IG thing, uh, going NN Brett. So at NN Brett for the IG, the Instagram account. And you'll see linked onto uh, real estate residency, physician wealth systems, all of our other places you can find from that link. So NN Brett. Here you have it, Rhino Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, made a two, Brett made a $200,000 net profit over two years. And the, the thing I heard Brett talking about a lot is, you know, we talked about mindset. We started talking about mindset and having that fear of getting started in the imperfect action and just knowing that you're gonna make mistakes and limiting your associations with people, the naysayers. But the overarching theme through this entire conversation was Brett just went out there and took action. Uh, was it scary? Was it stressful? Does he have children? You know, does he have, we, we all have the same amount of time. We all have 24 hours in a day. Go out there, take some action right away. Uh, keep taking action and go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land fill out that application. You know, let's get you started land investing. Let's get you started taking action. And that's measured like calculated steps, not just randomly going out there, what we called in the military, where we would just spray and pray. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to have you doing income producing active activities, step-by-step -step processes and getting you your first land deal. Or maybe, maybe you want to start flipping and wholesaling houses. Obviously we do that as well on the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Until next time, Rhino Nation, God bless. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.